Almost 10 years ago, in June of 2007, as he was running for president, then-Senator Barack Obama told a crowd that, quote, we are going to close Guantanamo and we are going to restore habeas corpus. Well, now, as uh, President Obama uh, prepares to leave the White House, uh, the fact is Guantanamo is still open and there are still people being held there. So what happened? Wells Dixon is a senior staff attorney at the Center for Constitutional Rights and a leading specialist on Guantanamo, and he is on the line with us this morning. Wells, nice to have you on our show. Good to be with you. Thank you. Tell me uh, what's happened in the intervening years. What's happened between the time of that promise and where we are today? Well, unfortunately, the president has lost his way on Guantanamo. You know, he started out very strongly in his first two years in office, he transferred about 67 of the men who were detained there. But uh, as a result of, of several missteps, really, um, in the 2010-2011 time period, he lost the initiative. And not surprisingly, what happened is the, the U.S. Congress stepped in and his, his um, uh, you know, the Republicans um, who oppose just about anything the president tries to do um, took it as an opportunity to try to to to, um, to delay and hinder his progress on closure, and unfortunately, the president just hasn't been willing to stand up to that. You know, he has all of the power that he needs to close the prison, and he has since he took office. He just he's been unwilling to use it in the face of political controversy. Well, Guantanamo was, and and I suppose to some degree still is a, a controversial. Uh, operation, but the controversy seems to have have, have died off a bit. What's what's happened uh, f- uh, for that to occur? Well, it's uh, you know the the difficulty in closing Guantanamo is political um, because the president really turned his back on Guantanamo around 2010 2011, and and his opponents in Congress really used it as an opportunity to try to hurt him, right? To try to prevent closure, to block closure. Uh, and, and keep him from fulfilling a major campaign promise. And it really just continues to be a political issue. You know, most of the men who are detained in Guantanamo um, have been there for 15 years at this point. Um, you know, there are 91 ma- men who remain there. About 40 of them are approved for transfer, which means every agency has determined unanimously they don't pose a threat. So it's not really about... Uh, the need to keep people there for for any legitimate love or reason it's about politics right it's about it's about um, uh, demagoguery it's about um, republicans hurting the president and the president's unwillingness to to stand up for what he believes in you know he he says that closing guantanamo is a is a moral imperative and a national security priority but he's unwilling to stand up for those principles, you know, anyone who any say anyone who doubts um, the significance of Guantanamo around the world need only consider the terrible, terrible videos of ISIS. You know, every time they execute somebody, uh, that person's invariably dressed in an orange jumpsuit. That is uh, intentional. It's a symbol of Guantanamo. It's a it's a um, a retort in the most ghastly, gruesome way, if you will. Um, to the abuses uh, and indefinite detention of Guantanamo. So, you know, these things matter. Um, Guantanamo is still relevant in the sense that, um, that it matters to, to this country, certainly. 
How many people are still there? There are 91 who, who remain. Um, about 36 of them are approved for transfer, again, meaning every government agency is determined these people don't pose a threat. And you have 10 who are subject to prosecution in the military commissions, uh, at least now, because I say at least now because the commissions are sort of falling apart. And you have the remaining 45 who are stuck in limbo, who are really in this, this middle category. They're what we call forever prisoners because they're not cleared, but they're also not going to be charged. And so the administration's been trying to winnow down that number to, to zero, really. Well, Canada is certainly uh, familiar with Guantanamo Bay through uh, the case of Omar Khadr. Uh, he was there for, I believe, 10 years. Um, he finally pleaded guilty to murder in October of 2010 uh, and then uh, was eventually released from there to serve out his sentence uh, here in Canada. Uh, he has appealed and has been released uh, on bail. So uh, people in this country are certainly aware of the uh, the story around uh, Guantanamo. Talk about his case a bit. Uh, he was there for 10 years. He went in as a a youngster, a teenager. Well, make no mistake about it. Omar Khadr was a child, and it's unlawful under any law, whether it's U.S. law or international law, to detain a, a child like Omar Khadr for, for that period of time under those conditions. Um, it, it, it's abysmal, and it, it and and. You know, it, he never should have been brought to Guantanamo, and, and frankly, the Canadians should have demanded his release immediately upon learning that he was there. Um, and it's a great tragedy that that didn't happen. You know, as for his, his guilty plea, all I will say is this, that he was charged and he pled guilty in a military commission, um, which is a secondary system of justice, right? This is, uh, this is, a, this is a system that was set up in designed to deprive people like Omar Khadr of all of the rights that um, certainly that we here as Americans would expect and, and that would uh, ordinarily be expected under international law. You know, and so I, I wouldn't put much, if any, stock in the fact that he pled guilty, right? In, in many ways, it was a smart move. It got him out of Guantanamo, and I think as you're starting to see in Canada, um, that, that case against him has, has, has unwound. Uh, and, um, you know, but, but none of that will excuse the fact that he was brought to Guantanamo or the fact that, frankly, the Canadians didn't insist upon his release immediately upon learning that he was detained. The U.S. Uh, government used Guantanamo as a place to, to send uh, people that they said were uh, committing war crimes, that they were called enemy combatants, uh, and as you point out, held and prosecuted under uh, military rules and regulations, and in uh, as opposed to uh, civilian uh, courts, is that has that happened in the past? Well, military courts have been used in the past uh, under very different circumstances. Uh, there have been uh, the military tribunals, of course, after the Second World War, uh, to try um, Germans and. and Japanese and so on, mm-hmm. but Guantanamo is is and has been from the start very different from those proceedings. You know, Guantanamo was was designed to be a place entirely outside the law. It was it was as was said back in 2002, supposed to be the legal equivalent of outer space. Right? People were sent to Guantanamo not so that they would face military justice, but that they would be so that they would be entirely outside the law. 
And that's unprecedented. That had never happened before, um, certainly in the history of the United States, and was completely unlawful. And that's something that we at the Center for Constitutional Rights have challenged since 2002, right? This idea that there can be any place in this world that's entirely outside the law. You know, as for, for charges and prosecutions, I think it's important to put in perspective the, the fact that, that throughout the 15 years or so of Guantanamo, there have been 780 men and boys held there, um, and only about 15 have been subject to prosecution. And five of those prosecutions, including Omar Cotter's, have unwound. So talking about when you actually talk about war crimes and you talk about prosecutions, you're talking about a minuscule uh, number of people who are actually detained. Um, you know, again, Guantanamo was not about justice. It wasn't about facing uh, a court, even a military court. It was about taking Muslim men and boys, and I say Muslim because every single person held in Guantanamo has been Muslim, and bringing them outside the law, putting them outside the law, and that's just completely uh, um, uh, unlawful under any um, uh, U.S. or international law. Wells, I appreciate you joining our program this morning. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Wells Dixon is a senior staff attorney at the Center for Constitutional Rights and uh, a leading specialist on the situation, and it continues, at Guantanamo.